Kevin looking. Long to the basket. Yo, yo, whoop, whoop, yo, yo. There's no ball like college basketball. So let's get the dipping wings together and get the boys and girls over. Because it's about to go down in college basketball time. This episode of The Needle is brought to you by D1CoachCorner.com. Your source for Division I college basketball. Thank you once again for tuning into The Needle. Again, my name is Jack Williams, owner and operator of D1CoachCorner.com. Your source for college basketball news, rankings, and predictions. D1 Coach Corner is the number one source for college basketball preseason predictions and college basketball coach evaluations. The Needle College Basketball Podcast will bring to you 52 weeks of college basketball talk on topics dealing with Division I college basketball coaches and their teams. In this episode of The Needle, we'll be ranking the West Coast Conference for the 2019 and 2020 season. And then we'll get into some college basketball news, our college basketball tad bit, and our new coach impact segment of the show, which will highlight coaches who have recently taken over a team and has positively impacted that team as a result of him being there. And if you like our show, go subscribe to our iTunes and YouTube channels. Let's continue to be your number one source for preseason college basketball predictions and college basketball coach evaluations. Before we get into our topic at hand, which is the West Coast Coast, conference, I would just like to inform my listeners that we'll be discussing a very hot topic in our college basketball tad bit segment of our show and give our opinion about the college basketball pay-for-play bill that was passed in California. Why was it passed and why was it passed first by California and what impact will it have on college basketball in the near future? But for right now, let's look into the West Coast Conference, our final preseason basketball prediction for the 2019-20 season. Nothing must change in the West Coast Conference. Gonzaga is still the dominant team in the conference. And then next we have St. Mary's and BYU. And then there is everybody else. But there could be a few surprises to come out of the West Coast Conference this season. I think that Lorenzo Lamar is going to have this Pepperdine team playing at a high level this season. This team has improved since the last season. A team that finished in the semifinals of the West Coast Conference, losing only to Gonzaga. Santa Clara is another team that could sneakily push their way up into the second tier of the West Coast Conference. With that said, this is how we rank the West Coast Conference for the 2019-2020 season. Coming in at number one are the Gonzaga Bulldogs. Gonzaga lost a lot of players from the 2018-2019 season. Let's just hope that Killian Tilly is healthy this season. Rui Hachimera... Zach Norval Jr. and Brandon Clark have all turned pro. That 2018-2019 team was one heck of a team. Gonzaga was one of the only teams in college basketball to be very good on both the offensive and defensive sides of the court. Gonzaga had the number one offense in the country, putting up on average 87.6 points per game. That's a lot of scoring. They also held their opponents to an average of 64.9 points per game. 
the 32nd best in the nation, and the best in the West Coast Conference. But I got news for you. This 2019-2020 Gonzaga team is just as dangerous as the 2018-2019 team. Coach Mark Few brings in two very good graduate transfers in Ryan Woolrich of North Texas and Atmon Gilder of Texas A&M. Both players can put up double-digit numbers night after night. Gonzaga will also get back Killian Tilly, who only played in 15 games last season due to injury. Tilly is looking to increase his pro value, so expect him to put up big numbers if he could remain healthy. But the player that makes this team even more dangerous is five-star Omar Ballo, a five-star center from Kulikoro, Mali. He attended high school at the Centerbury International Basketball Academy, a British private school in Las Palmas, Spain. He's a beast in the center, and he can shoot. In 2018, he averaged 15.1 points, 10.8 rebounds, and 2.3 blocks per game at the Spanish Junior Championship, earning MVP honors. This year's Gonzaga team is just as capable of winning a national championship than the last year's team. My projected starting five of this team is Ryan Woodridge, Edmund Giller, Corey Gispert, Killian Tilly, and Omar Ballo. Coming in at number two are the St. Mary Gales. St. Mary's has several players returning from a team that earned a trip to the 2019 NCAA tournament. St. Mary's will get much needed help in the rebound category with the addition of Aaron Menzies, who averaged 11.3 points and 8.9 rebounds per game. However, one problem remains for this team, and that's depth at the point guard position. St. Mary's was one of the worst ball-moving teams in the nation last season. This team ranked dead last in the West Coast Conference and only 346th in the nation in assists per game last season. Expect St. Mary's to get back to the NCAA tournament, but don't expect them to get past the second round. My projected starting five for this team is Jordan Ford, Tommy Coos, Tanner Krebs, Malik Fitz, and Aaron Menzies. Coming in at number three are the BYU Cougars. BYU has several frequent starters returning from the 2018-2019 season, which includes two of their top three scorers, TJ Halls and Toeli Childs. With graduate transfer Jake Toulson on board, this team should remain a high-scoring team. Toulson was the top-scoring player on his Utah Valley team prior to graduating. Hopefully, this team gets better on defense. BYU was ranked dead last in the West Coast Conference in points allowed by the opponent last season. My projected starting five for this team is TJ Halls, Jake Toulson, Zach Selyals, Connor Harding, and Yoeli Childs. Coming in at number four are the Pepperdine Waves. This will be a very sneaky Pepperdine team this coming season. This is the same Pepperdine team that finished in the semifinals of the West Coast Conference Tournament. If Cameron Edwards stays healthy, this team could do a lot of damage next season. The only problem with this team, however, is that they are very small. Because of a lack of size, expect this team to continue having problems rebounding and defending the rim. But with the additions of Oregon's transfer Keith Smith and Juco transfer Skyler Shabazz, expect scoring to remain very high with this team. My projected starting five for this team is Kobe Ross, Jade Smith, Kelser Edwards, Cameron Edwards, and Victor Ohio Obioha. Coming in at number five are the Santa Clara Broncos. Santa Clara finished the 2018-2019 season tied for fifth place with Loyola Marymount. 
Both teams finished 8-8 eight eight in the West Coast Conference last season. However, Santa Clara will be returning most of their players from the 2018-2019 season, which includes their top three scorers, Taj Eady, Trey Wirtz, and Josip Rankic. Santa Clara added more depth with the additions of Wake Forest transfer DJ Mitchell and Juco transfer David Thompson. Hopefully, Santa Clara finds a way to improve defensively. Santa Clara allowed their opponents to put up on average 70.1 points per game. They're going to have to do better than that if they want to move up in the conference standings this coming season. My projected starting five for this team is Taj Eady, Trey Wirtz, Keyshawn Justice, Guglielmo Caruso, and Yosef Rankic. Coming in at number six out of Portland Pilots. This Portland team could be a very dangerous team to play this season. Coach Porter is going into his fourth season without a win season and is desperately looking to turn things around. So expect this team to play with a sense of desperation. With the addition of Juco point guard Quincy Farabee, this team should improve greatly in the assist category. Farabee averaged 7.6 assists per game in his final season at Southwest Community College. With more size added and an improved bench, expect this team to improve in all categories. My projected starting five for this team is Jojo Walker, Isaiah White, LeVar Harewood, Tahir Diabate, and Theo Akwuba. Coming in at number seven are the San Francisco Duns. The Duns will be starting the 2019-20 season off with a new head coach and Todd Golden. Their previous coach, Kyle Smith, left the team to take the head coaching job at Washington State. Coach Smith led San Francisco to three straight fourth-place finishes in the West Coast Conference. Several players will be returning from the 2018-2019 team that finished in fourth place, which includes frequent starters Charles Midland, Jordan Routinho, and Jimbo Lull. With the addition of Division II transfer Khalil Shabazz, this team should remain a high-scoring team in the West Coast Conference. Expect Jamari Bouye and Remu Raitnian to play bigger roles in the Duns' starting lineup. The Duns should continue to remain competitive in the West Coast Conference. My projected starting five for this team is Jordan Retinio, Jameer Bouye, Charles Minlin, Remu Retinian, and Jimbo Lowe. Coming in at number eight are the Loyola Marymount Lions. Loyola Marymount ended the 2018-2019 season tied for fifth place in the West Coast Conference. This team also finished in the semifinals of the CBI. Not bad. Coach Mike Dunleavy will have several players returning from the 2018-2019 season. However, his top scorer, James Bateman, has graduated. Bateman was one of the only two players on the team who could put up double-digit numbers day after day. Coach Dunleavy will be banking on several foreign players to help the team improve in scoring. Can Seiko Sisaho Jarara lead the team at the point guard position? He is a foreign player from Spain who is a great shooter and has great court vision and awareness. Dorch averaged 15.2 points per game in his final season at Kokoskia Community College. My projected starting five for this team is Seiko Sisaho Jawawa, Joe Quintana, Damian Douglas, Eli Scott, and Matias Markison. Coming in at number nine are the San Diego Toreros. San Diego will be missing several players from the 2018-2019 season with only one starter returning in Yohan Mazowski. This team will be made up of mostly transfers and freshmen. This team is perhaps the smallest team in the West Coast Conference, and it seems as if Coach Skoll will have no choice but to start a freshman at the point guard position. There are also several questions about depth in the front court. This season may be an uphill battle for Coach Skoll and San Diego, 
my projected starting five for this team is Marion Humphrey, Braun Hartfield, James John Marie, Jared Rodriguez, and Yahin Mazowski. And finally, at number 10 are the Pacific Tigers. Fortunately, Pacific will be returning two frequent starters from the 2018-2019 season in Jaleel Tripp and Jeremiah Bailey. Tripp was the third best point producer on the team in 2018-2019. Expect this team to be defensively sound due to the fact that this team has added Juco transfers who are very good defensively. Juco's transfer James Hapshire and Amari McCray are very good rim protectors. And Juco transfer Brock Finchwin has a knack for stealing the ball. Let's just hope that Pacific can put more points on the board than they did the previous season. My projected starting five for this team is Pierre Cockrell, Austin Vereen, Jaleel Tripp, Jeremiah Bailey, and Amari McCray. And so much for that. Now let's look into some college basketball news. California Governor Gavin Newsom passed the Fair Pay for Play Act, allowing college athletes to profit from their name, images, and likeness. What's the governor's motive behind this? Stay tuned. Coach Mike White gets a raise and a two-year contract extension from Florida. Well deserved. The NCAA hit Georgia Tech with four years of probation, starting with a ban on the postseason this coming season. Ouch! Chattanooga's Lamont Paris gets a two-year contract extension. Chattanooga hasn't had a winning season in his two years as head coach. What a blessing. New Mexico's Chris Jans added Corey Baker as an assistant coach. Now for our college basketball tad bit. There has been a lot of discussion on California SB 206 bill, which is also known as the Student Athlete Bill of Rights. So we are here to go over the bill and break down what it means to the athlete, the school, and the college basketball sports industry as a whole. Here's what the bill reads. The existing law, known as the Student Athletic Bill of Rights, requires intercollegiate athletic programs at four-year private universities or campuses of the University of California or the California State University that receives an average of $10 million or more in annual revenue derived from media rights for intercollegiate athletes to comply with the prescribed requirements related to the student athlete rights. So this law only applies to major universities or colleges who receive an average annual revenue of $10 million from media rights. It does not apply to JUCO or small colleges that receive little revenue from sports media. This bill will prohibit California pro-secondary education institutes except community college and every athlete association, conference, or other group or organization with authority over intercollegiate athletes. Now this is important from providing a prospective intercollegiate student athlete with compensation in relation to the athlete's name, image, or likeness or preventing a student participating in intercollegiate athletics from earning compensation as a result of using the student's name, image, or likeness, or obtaining professional representation related to the student's participation in intercollegiate activities. Now, in the music business, companies are not allowed to take an artist's publishing, but they can buy up to 100% of the artist's publishing if he agrees to it. But in this case, schools will not even be allowed to compensate or buy back a player's media rights. It is illegal in the state of California. 
The bill also would prohibit an athletic association, conference, or other group or organization with authority over intercollegiate athletics from preventing a post-secondary education institute other than a community college from participating in intercollegiate athletics as a result of the compensation of a student-athlete for the use of the student's name, image, or likeness. Now, this is important. The bill would require professional representation obtained by student athletes to be from persons licensed by the state of California. What does that mean? Therefore, students who participate in sports in the state of California who wants to hire an agent to represent him or her must hire someone who is licensed in the state of California. In other words, make sure you don't take your taxes out of the state of California. The bill would specify that athletic agents shall comply, that's the key word, shall, shall comply with federal law in their relations with student athletes. The bill would prohibit the revocation of a student scholarship as a result of earning compensation or obtain legal representation as authorized under this provision. The bill will prohibit a student athlete from entering into a contract providing compensation to the athlete for use of the athlete's name, image, or likeness if a provision of the contract is in a conflict with the provision of the athlete's team contract. The bill will prohibit a team contract from preventing a student athlete from using the athlete's name, image, likeness for a commercial purpose who the athlete is not engaged in official team activities as specified. This provision would become operative on January 1st, 2023. So, why did it take a governor to pass such a bill? What does he get out of it? Well, let me explain. There are many universities in the state of California, probably more than any state in the country besides Texas. Now that there have been new rules put in place to allow student athletes, in particular basketball, to go directly to the pros from high school, several five-star athletes are going to skip college and opt for the, either the G League or the NBA or overseas instead because all these other options are paying good money. So, who the hell wants to go to college to get a degree for a so-called good job when they can come straight out of high school as a grown man or woman and begin to make money immediately? Now, I'm all for the student athletes making money, but not for the same reason that Governor Gavin Newsom and friends are. You see, for them, if great high school basketball and football players skip college for the pros, it's going to have a very negative effect on the college game. In return, will have a very negative effect on college attendance. Let's be real. Many students choose their colleges based on how good their athletic sports programs are. College attendance is already falling across the country. And if we see a decline in college sports, in particular basketball and football, because ain't nobody watching all the rest of this stuff, probably baseball, we are going to see a great decline in college attendance, which will directly affect a large voting block of Gavin Newsom and his friends in California. Therefore, they need this. And now for our new coach impact. In this segment of the show, we will be discussing coaches who have been head coach 
of a Division One basketball team for no more than five years and who are on the upper trend towards taking that team to another level. This week's new coach impact highlights Lorenzo Ramar of Pepperdine University. Coach Ramar is known as one of the top recruits in the country. In his first season at Pepperdine, Coach Ramar's team finished in the semifinals of the West Coast Conference. Under Coach Ramar, this Pepperdine team is a dangerous team to play in 2019-2020. And that concludes our show for this week. Join us next week at the same time and channel for new episodes. We'll be happy to take on your questions and comments on our Twitter for our next episode. Our Twitter handle is at D1Coach1. That is at D1Coach1. See you next week.